Hello, world. Hello, community. Hi, guy. Go ahead and take a look at your watch, and you will see that it is time for another podcast hosted by your boy, Ruby Rube, at the Gathering Strength Podcast. Here at the Gathering Strength Podcast, we incrementally, day by day, accumulate more knowledge, more wisdom, more insight, more know-how, more of everything that will slowly but surely add up to super human strength. Because at the Gathering Strength Podcast, we know that these wins, these things that we have, these aspirations, they don't come overnight. Nope. It is the small daily goals that add up into huge gains over time. And one of the ways, one of the many ways that we can accumulate and gather our strength is by increasing our vocabulary. And this is why your boy Ruby Rube has a segment in his podcast that is called The Word of the Day. Today's Word of the Day is equanimity. Alright, I already hear you. Now, why would I want to know a new word, specifically this one, equanimity? Well, one of the ways that we gather our strength is to acknowledge the words that are in our vocabulary and expand our vocabulary so that we have a firmer grasp of reality and of how the world works. And the old adage goes, knowledge is power and your words have power. So now... I'm going to empower you with another word into your vocabulary. And you never know. You might just find yourself in a rap battle with Eminem. In which case, you'll be able to spit all types of ill fire and get that crowd cheering back for you. Now, equanimity. The definition of equanimity is mental calmness, composure, and evenness of temper especially in a difficult situation. Now, why would that be beneficial to have a mindset that is equivalent to equanimity? Well, difficult situations are going to arise all the time, every day. Some are going to be more or less, but we're still going to have to remain in a mindset of equanimity. Now, let's say, you know, uh, some bad news comes to us and we just get all stressed out and we lose our temper. And next thing you know, we're slowly killing ourselves with that silent killer called stress. So the more that we can maintain our composure, implement some self-soothing techniques and know that, hey, this is this isn't the end of the world. These are just the taxes of life that are not personal, just only to you. Everyone deals with them. And the best of us, the strongest of us, we have a mental calmness and we can keep our composure in difficult situations. And next thing you know, hey, we're making gains because we're not giving our energy away from outside events. It doesn't matter what happens outside of us. 
is because of the inner peace that we have inside and the confidence that we have within ourselves that, hey, we can let all, all of this other things that are not in our control, we can just let it bounce off of us. So let's live in a mindset with more equanimity to where we're not giving away our power and our strength to all of these little these little things, these little molehills. Let's not make mountains out of these molehills. And that'll do it for the word of the day. Jerry Springer died. Did you ever watch any of his shows back in the day? I did. And I can recall that one of my most favorite things about staying home from school, whether it was because I ditched school or because I was actually sick, was to tune into an episode of Jerry Springer. Oh, and I could not wait until one of those fights broke out. And then he would have his his bodyguard, I think it was Steve. The whole crowd would be uh, chanting, Steve, Steve, Steve. Hey, you know what? I would participate in that too. I'd be in my pajamas chanting that bouncer's or security guard's name. And hey, that that was just a little memory that popped up about, about your boy Jerry Springer. So RIP Jerry Springer. I'm going to keep the shenanigans going on just for you. Now, what is the meat and potatoes of a subject about today's podcast? Is it going to be Jerry Springer shenanigans? No, I'm not going to be talking about that anymore. I'm going to be talking about a little fatherly moment that was equivalent to a slice of heaven. Now, somewhere in the Bible, I'm not good with reciting like the actual particular scripture, but there was a story where the disciples, they were asking Jesus, hey, um, where is the, the kingdom of heaven? When is that going to come? And Jesus was like, hey, pump your brakes, disciples. Check it out. Jesus said to them that the kingdom of heaven is spread out all throughout the earth. But man cannot see it. And when he said that, that resonated with me because there were all of these little slices of heaven that um, I was blind to in my life. But hindsight is always twenty twenty, And when you reflect on some of those moments, you can see that, hey, that was a, a little slice of heaven. And now because I have my blinders off and I, I'm, I'm no longer as blind as I used to be. Sure, I still have some blind spots that I'm unaware of, and I pray that those become illuminated, but here's a little slice of heaven that I experienced yesterday. Now, out here in this beautiful California, the expensive California, yesterday was one of those moments where you realize why California is so expensive. The weather, oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's April. And we are in full bloom. California is experiencing something called a super bloom. And everything is growing. There's flowers everywhere. It looks like, um, I forgot, I forget that one character's movie in Encanto. It looked like she came here and just touched everything and put flowers everywhere. And now because there is 
Everything is green. There's flowers everywhere. Everything's blooming. It was it was pretty hot yesterday. It was unseasonably hot. It was about 86 degrees in my town of Livermore, California. And during the day, my son had practice. He was his practice basketball practice, which ended at 7:30, and we came home. We did our nighttime routine. And one of the final tasks that we do in my household is put the dog out so she can do her final pee-pee. And me and my daughter were walking the dog out into our backyard. And she's sniffing around. And I noticed that it felt really good. It was like, a, it was almost one of those summer, those summer nights where it's just super warm. And there I am, I'm carrying my daughter. And she's wearing her Princess Jasmine little nightgown there's ruffles on it there's glitter it's just a really really precious garment and the fact that my four-year-old daughter she's just innocent wearing that piece of pajama the weather was nice I had my little dog and the sun was below the horizon it wasn't complete dark there was more darkness in the sky though. It was like kind of like a, a dark bluish blackish. It wasn't completely black. It wasn't the golden hour. There was maybe just like 20 more minutes of the last remaining light. And I took inventory of everything just simultaneously. I was like, wow, the, the night is nice. My daughter's looking super cute. My dog my cute little dog is going to be taking a leak in the grass and I'm and I'm a fit father with all of these blessings and then I look up uh, straight up and I see that the moon is bright and it looks like it's seemingly right above my house and I point that out to my daughter I was like hey mija look at the moon it's right above our house and she was like oh wow and then I noticed another star or I noticed a star because at that particular point there was only one star it was very bright brighter than usual so bright that it caught your boy Ruby Rube's eye and I acknowledged the star and I wanted my daughter to see it so I pointed out the the star I said sweetie look at the star it's really bright right and she said oh yeah and then that prompted her that inspired her to sing the Twinkle Twinkle Little Light uh, song. And I was like, you know, that's awesome. My daughter saw a star in the sky, was inspired, and started singing the only song that she knows about stars. And she starts to rub and caress on my face, which is, I, I, I allow her to do that if her hands are clean, because usually there's... There's some type of gooeyness. Who knows what's on her hands? On a Who knows what is on a four-year-old's hands at any particular moment? So because she was just freshly showered, she was caressing my face. It was just a really nice moment. And then so, because the moon was directly above our house, there was that one particular bright star that was just shining singularly in the sky. The weather was nice. I call my son out, and I want uh, and I want to share this this moment with him. I'm like, "Hey, son, 
Come and check out the moon and the, and the star. And my son steps out the door and he says, Oh, wow, it's nice outside. I said, yep. And I pointed out the moon, how it looked like it was right above our house. So there we, there we are, all three of us. We have our, our necks cocked straight up looking at the moon. And he's like, oh, wow, cool, Dad. And then I point out the star. I said, now look at that star. Have you ever seen that star before? That one is so bright. And he acknowledged that the star, yeah, it was indeed bright. And so there we are. We, we stand in the little courtyard of our house. And we're just looking up at the sky, looking up at the moon and this one particular star. And then we try to spot out some other stars. And if you look hard enough, you can see some other dimly lit stars. And then my daughter points out this other star that looks much further away. And she says, wow, that star is twinkling. I was like, yeah, it's twinkle, twinkle, little star. You were, you were just singing that. And so she begins to sing it more. And me and my son, we, we start to talk about space and galaxies and distances and planets and all of these other things that that pertain to space and then I start to throw out some space statistics and I was telling him uh, because this is something that that I've learned and one of these these people who I have learned from about space and physics and science is a really good podcaster. His name is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, he calls himself America's astrophysicist. And he's very smart. He's able to break down complex um, scientific equations to where the layman, such as myself, can understand and comprehend. And I'm not sure if I got this statistic from Neil deGrasse Tyson, but he said that the amount of space that we have observed and studied is equivalent to to dipping a thimble into the ocean and then saying, hey, this is how much of the ocean we know. And because you and I know how large the ocean is and know how small a thimble is how much information can we withdraw by observing just a simple thimble size full of ocean water sure we can gain some information but you're not going to find any whales in there you're not going to find any sharks you're not going to find anything cool or extraordinary in a thimble-sized pool of water. Now that's how it is to space. And the fact that there's so much space out there, I, I begin to, to tell my son in, in a joking and dramatic way, and we're looking at these stars, and, and I say to him, you know what, it is, it's, space is frustratingly unfathomably hard to comprehend how big it is. Sure, you can see some diagrams. Someone can tell you that it's 8 million light years away, but you don't you, you, you can't understand that. I don't understand that. And 8 million light years away that 
that's not even as far as 14 billion light years away, which is, you know, some of these scientists, they hypothesize on that is how old the universe, the universe is, I think like 14 billion years old. Man, once again, the unfathomableness of space and all of its vastness is frustrating to me. Because when I see that star, I want to know, how far is that star? I want to know all of these little facts that pop into my mind that I'll never know about that one star. Because there's, it's, there's too much to know. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, they need to create an app that that tells the person who's seeking the information, hey, you're looking at that star, and that star is so many million miles away or whatever. I just, I just need answers. And the fact that I can't get all of the answers frustrates me. And I was talking like that with my son. <laughs> and... And he, and he said to me, life is tough. That's why I just live. And I look over at him after he said that. I was like, whoa, did you just say that? And he smiles at me. Like he was all proud to have expressed a philosophical thought. And that's something that I have been trying to impart on him. Hey, son, this is philosophy. This is what philosophy means. And how that we all have our own philosophy. And philosophy essentially is humans' highest form of thought. Like you're going to have your philosophy. Which means you're going to have your own highest thoughts of whatever. And because your knowledge is going to be limited. That means the height and complexity and profoundness of your thought is going to be limited. And as we start to learn, grow, and find out these answers, the formation of these higher thoughts are going to elevate. And that's something also that I wanted to teach my son. And so that is in the forefront of his mind to where I'm telling him, Hey son, when you have these thoughts come into your mind, not just the low superficial level type thoughts, but when you have the highest thoughts, take a moment to analyze them, to see where they came from, to see how you got there, and then take a second to write it down. So when I expressed to him the frustration that I felt when looking at these stars and not knowing any of these answers that that I was seeking. Of course I said that in, in a joking way. But hey, there's there's a root to that. Because I, I want to know it all. My son hit me with his philosophical quote that came out of nowhere that was applicable to that moment. He said, Life is tough. That's why I just live. And so I, I was like, Man, good job, son. So... After we went inside, shortly after, uh, we, we pulled out his journal and I had him write that down. And then we're starting to go to bed. And, I, and I'm lying down with, with my kids in the bed. And, you know, we're saying our prayers. And then my little four-year-old daughter, she starts to ask, Hey, why, why is Nana dead? 
Nana is is my mom. That's her grandmother. She says, "Hey, why is Nana dead? Or how did how did Nana die?" And so I ask, I answer her question in a way that is going to be on her level, and then also allow her to have some sweet dreams. So I, I I give as much sugar into that answer as as possible. And then she asks another question. Well, um, she, she asks something along the lines of, um, "Who's gonna die first <laughs> in, in our household?" So I'm like, "Oh man, this is getting heavy." And my son, he's right there too. So bro, she has just asked a deep question: "Who's gonna die first, Dad, in our house?" So I'm like, "Oh man, how do I answer this?" And then so my son senses my hesitation, and my he senses that uh, that I'm uh, I'm gonna be struggling on this answer. One, it's it, it, one, it's bedtime. Two, I don't think talking about death and who's gonna die first. Like how how do you answer that? If you're about to be going to bed, and the last question that your four year old daughter asks you is, "Hey, Dad." Who's gonna die first in our house? How would you answer that? It put me on the spot. And then, but hey, luckily I have an awesome, sophisticated son. And man, he he bailed me out. So my son said, "Lily, life is tough. That's why you have to just live." And I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, hey, son, high five. So my son, just moments ago, within like the last seven to ten minutes, was inspired by space and his father's frustration in longing for answers that he would never know. He was able to hit me with a philosophical quote. Life is tough. That's why I just live. And then, when his four-year-old sister was asking the heavy question of who's gonna die first in our house, my son hit her with that same philosophical quote, which remedied the situation. Life is tough, and you just have to live. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. Is that a blessing or what? So, that was my little slice of heaven that I experienced uh, last night. Just wanted to share it. It was a proud father moment. And that's something that I want to implore you. Is to analyze your thoughts. Write down your highest thoughts, your best thoughts, write those down. And then teach that to your kids because they might be hitting you with some of their philosophical quotes that can help you out of a out of a bind and a pinch like my son helped me. So I thought that was awesome, worthy enough to share and worthy enough to implement in in your own life no matter what age you are because I didn't start to record my highest thoughts I didn't identify my own philosophy until much later in life 
And here I am imparting this wisdom on to my 10-year-old son, and he already has the awareness and the, the openness to receive these higher philosophical thoughts. So there we, there we have it, a philosophical perspective from a 10-year-old. Brilliant. Bravo! That's all for today's episode. If you like what you heard, give me a like, a subscribe, give me a follow. Because you know what, your old boy, your old boy Ruby Rube wants to start getting some of this podcast money. I want to bring some value into your life. Bring some value into my life. Because after all, when you teach, you become better at understanding what it is that you're teaching. So I hope to grow in many different ways. By creating this podcast and I don't even know the ways that I'm going to be growing. I just know that there's going to be growth. So until next time, it is onward, always onward.